and the supply that is available in the world of things to buy has limited is is lower than it was before the pandemic. Here's well, the problem with there, that. There's an exception to that. This is why talk is cheap. Is that supply far outweighs demand? There. That's my inflation joke for the day. You may continue. Okay, talk. Okay. <laughs> Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and... Jeff McClure. McClure. And uh, my voice, this is Jake, is a bit more radio quality because I am... Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed the Wall Street Journal article decade-long record number of flu hospitalizations. Well, I'm not hospitalized, but I have the flu, so I'm probably not going to be speaking a whole lot this week. That's my first disclosure. So if you need to mask up to listen to us, uh, go go right ahead. The, the uh, airwaves, I, I hear that flu is airborne, so it may travel through the airwaves. Uh, of course, if they if they have their antiviral software running, they're probably in pretty good shape. Should be good, yeah. Unless it's Kaspersky, that's Russian, and then they're going to get invaded. So don't do that. Right. So uh, that's the, the, the next disclosure should be that we are strange. If you didn't get that from the statements we just made, then there is disclosure. We're also bald and bearded. Uh, the personal wealth coach is also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm giving fiduciary advice we can't give fiduciary advice on the air though we have to give education on the air fiduciary advice means to be customized and in the best interest of the person the advice is being given to and it also has to be given with some modicum of privacy where um it's a little difficult to do on the radio Though uh, the two listeners may say, hey, nobody else is listening. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, we're also, I also just said that uh, the firm is an SEC registered investment advisory firm. Yes. The SEC doesn't say that we're somehow cool because of that. They are not giving us any kind of, um, what, approval, um, sense of, of responsibility maybe, but they don't. Give us anything that's that we don't have a badge. We're not representing that the government says we're good people. That's just who we're registered with. Though if they gave us a badge, that'd be cool. We could use it in a debate. There. A badge? How do yes. we use it in a debate? Oh, you haven't been following politics. I won't get into it then. Well, I try to stay away from eight legged arachnid bloodsuckers. Polly, that's where do you Mini. Mini. And then ticks. Mini ticks. Poly actually means changeable, but many can work. Changeable, well, change, many changeable ticks are just almost as bad as yeah, many ticks. Yeah, ticks are just not fun. And that's why we don't we don't like politics very much. Uh, you want to handle the next disclosure? Uh, the information that we present on this radio, this educational radio program, which because we don't do we don't give financial planning advice and individual investment advice on the program. Um has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said sources. Although, 
Jake will make a warranty and a guarantee that anything we say nothing about, we have said nothing about. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So there, it's incomplete. That 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 is. Uh, I I am giving a full warranty and guarantee of incompleteness of incomplete information. And if you'd like to contact us while we're on the air on this 29th day of October in the year of our Lord, don't supposed to say that anymore, I guess, but I'm going to say it in the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, the last disclosure until we think of another one is that we don't pay for this radio program. Um, we are not paid to do the radio program. The firm does advertise on the station but so does the station. Both of us are advertising in partnership for this program. Why do we do it? For which we are not paid and for which we do not pay. Right. Why do we do it? I don't know. Some form of insanity, the feeling like we have to give back. Do we get some benefit from it? Absolutely. People know who we are. And a lot of times people hear us on the air and say, hey, I, I think I should check those guys out. Um, the, the thing I should remind you of though, is that we deal with relatively high net worth and generally people with higher net worths don't look in the phone book or Google or listen to a radio program to find an advisor. I hate to break this to you, but there are no phone books anymore. Wait a minute. I found one in my attic last week. Yeah, well, there are no up-to-date phone books anymore. That, that, is, that is correct. So I, if they were finding advice or advisors from the phone book, they would probably be looking at places that don't exist anymore. Interesting. So that was the last yeah, of the it, disclosure. What, what happened uh, this week in the market? Well, put it very simply, the S&P 500 rose nearly 4% this week. Okay. Nearly and, 4%? Is that yeah, what and it's up. In the last two weeks, it's up like almost 9%. And that means that two weeks ago, Ed, you said, this is it, I'm out of here, because all the news headlines saying that the further crash is to come, you would be looking back at 9% you didn't make, which is, interestingly enough, in that two-week period, the S&P 500 produced gains greater than its average gains over its roughly century, longer than a century that it's been tracked. Uh, greater uh, than its average grain, gains annual gains annual gains okay so investing is a funny thing and we can talk about that investing is very different from speculating and it's very different from savings but a lot of people don't understand that i am encouraged by the fact that in talking to our clients many of them said they stopped watching their account every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the more recent i've spoken to people they said i stopped looking at this stuff back early october and so I, I say, oh, good. Well, then you'll be pleased to know that your accounts are up <laughs> because <laughs> there <laughs> yes. was like, really? All the news has been talking about the badness. Yes, because we're in political election season. <laughs> Welcome. It's all, Welcome it's to, yeah, it's all everything. If you're trying to get elected, you have to tell people what's broken. Even if, even if there aren't a lot of things broken, you have to point out what's broken and that you're the only one that can fix it doesn't really matter what party we're talking about. but So political election season, everybody feels bad about everything for a while. The S&P 500 was up 3.59%, close to 3901.06. Why is that important? 39 level is is good. I like to see the 39 level appear. The 4,000 level is psychologically very important. If it does another 100-point rise and gets up to the 4,000 level, that it will be significant. Just to put this in perspective, 
It's up about 9% from its bottom, which was on October 12th. It's up 74% from where it was in March of 2020. It is 24% higher than it was three years ago. Now it's down about 18% this year and 15% from a year ago. But it's a lot better than it could be, to say the least. The other one, and, and one of the things that I try to, and Jake tries to keep people focused on, if you're an investor, if you don't have a absolute minimum in conservative investments of a three-year time horizon and better a 10-year time horizon, then you're really not an investor. You're something else. And what does that the, mean? What is it? it you sound like you, we, we've just split, went over into physics, the time horizon of the black hole. No, no, no. If your time, time horizon, horizon <laughs> how long you can you invest, leave it there? That's the it's question. Just, it's, it's like farming. You don't put corn in the ground and then decide a month later, you're going to dig it up and use it for cornbread. It just doesn't work that way. You put it in the ground and you leave it. And what's more, you have to commit to putting corn in the ground if you're a farmer for multiple years, because some years your corn crop's going to, or your wheat or whatever you put in the ground is going to get ruined. But the issue is that, let's say three years out of five, or, or better yet, six years out of 10, you do well, you're doing very, very well in farming. But those four years out of 10, you're going to, it's going to be terrible. You get wiped out those years. And that's just the reality of farming and investing. You can't, and, and you can leave it in the silo and it will gradually decay. You can put it in the ground and if you can consistently put it in good ground and treat it well, you will do well. If you try to pull it back up out of the ground, you probably will make yourself unhappy. So that's the nature of investing. Anyway. And, and siloing, is, it works really well. I mean, the technology's improved. So you, you uh -huh. can leave it in silos for decades at this point without a great deal. Uh, They've got motorized. Very, very expensive silos. Yes, very, very expensive silos. But you can do it. I'm. So, you know, that's, that is the thing is that you leave it there and you lose money on it all, all year because the silos cost money to operate Yeah, because they're machines anyway, instead of just big storage facilities. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. We also follow the CRSP mid-cap value index. Why? Because we like mid-cap value and our analysis says it's a good place to be. So we're not recommending it, but for some people. It rose to 23, 21.17, up just over 6% for the week now. But importantly, and this is what, I'm referring to here, it is only down 6.63% this year, where the S&P 500 is still down 18%. So the mid-cap value index is stocks. And over the last 45 years or so, mid-cap value as a, an asset class has performed almost precisely the same, with almost precisely the same return as the S&P 500 right now. And here's an example of why some people like value investments if you're a long-term investor, because instead of dropping 18%, it's down 10%, which is most people would consider better. Anyway, the benchmark U.S. Treasury 10-year note came down a little bit. It's just above 4% on its interest yield right now. And But the two-year note is at Note is at 4.41, which is higher, which because it's a shorter duration, shorter maturity, and it's paying higher interest, that's called an inverted yield curve. Normally, longer maturity uh, bonds of any kind pay a higher yield. Uh, so we'd still have an inverted yield curve. Now, interestingly, the highest yield among various maturities of treasuries right now is one year, 4.55%. And what does that mean? It is the, that means it's the consensus of the people who invest in treasury securities that about a year, that a year, about a year in the future or sometime in 2023, 
short-term interest rates will be up around 4.55%. And lo and behold, if you listen to the members of the Federal Reserve, they're saying pretty much the same thing. I thought it was really surprising that people are listening to each other. Um, But the longer-term interest rates are lower, which indicates that the consensus in the bond market is that interest rates will rise into next year and then decline. So I don't know if that makes you happy or unhappy, but that's what they're thinking is going to happen. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, which we also follow, rose about 2.8% to $88.30 a barrel. Now, that's higher than the $80 it was a few weeks ago, which means the price of gasoline will go up a little bit. But it's way below the $120 per barrel that we saw right after Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, and by the way, $88 a barrel, according to the forecasts that were available before the invasion of Russia, oil is priced in the United States about where it would have been either way. It's, it, 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 matter of fact, it's a little lower than they anticipated at this point. So it's kind of an interesting thing to watch. Uh, and that's what's going on. Well, I could say that um, crypto was was widely forecast, it's a market, um, to rebound back to $70,000 very shortly, except for the fact that it's slid down to around 20000 from its 70000 high and, You're and talking it's about staying there. Bitcoin, I Bit, think. Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin. And it's, uh, it's staying there and sliding slowly lower, which is making a lot of people cry in their beer, or martinis, as the case may be. Uh, monster energy drinks, generally. Oh, okay. That's, that is the, the group, yes. Um, so that was the market. There's a lot going on in the economy, and there always is a lot going on in the economy, but there's two very distinct trends underway. One is one we'd normally rejoice about. The economy is doing exceptionally well. Consumer spending is holding up very nicely in the face of uh, a lot of negative verbiage going out, and rising Inflation, as a matter of fact, uh, consumer spending seems to be rising at about 1.4% faster than inflation, which is really healthy. It's not quite as fast as it would rise in the boom years leading up to 2019, 2020, um, but it's really quite healthy. Uh, savings are still in good shape. There's noise about the savings being drawn down. I hear, I read articles about it from time to time, but the uh, the people who know most about this, the CEOs of banks are saying that, yeah, there's a little drawdown in excess savings, but the sa- average savings of Americans are still significantly higher than they were before the pandemic. And personal incomes are going up. Uh, we, and part of the GDP is that personal incomes are going up very nicely uh, on average across the United States. Of course, when we say average, averages are very, very dangerous to look at in this because a few people making a lot more money can bump the average up when other people aren't. But by and large, the United States economy is in great shape. Our, our industrial production is rising. Our, everything we look at is our exports are go, have been going up. When you look deep in the GDP report, you see a lot of good news. Normally, that would be good news. The problem is we're still running even what, the, what we call the PCE deflator, which is uh, personal consumption expenditures which is far more accurate than the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and determining what things really cost, um, is still rising at about 5 to 6% a year. And the Fed wants to see that come down to 2%. And that means that something has to give. Well, with China still locking down 
big chunks of its economy, uh, they're not likely to increase supply. Oil still costs more than it ought to through most of the world. It normally would throughout most of the world. And food still costs more. And Russia announced just a few minutes ago that they're pulling out of the grain export agreement where they were allowing Ukraine to export grain and they were exporting grain too. Um, so these shocks are hitting and the supply that is available in the world of things to buy has limited, is, is lower than it was before the pandemic. Here's the well, problem with there, that. There's an exception to that. This is why talk is cheap. Is that supply far outweighs demand there. That's my inflation joke for the day. You may continue. Okay, talk. Okay. <laughs> That's called, cheap. by the way, you're seeing inflation if you've got an iPhone, if you've got a smartphone or email, you're seeing inflation by more talk being, more print being, more words being pressed in there. Anyway, the point I want to make is we basically have pretty much the same amount of spending going on right now that we had before the pandemic. There's just less things available to buy because of the supply constraints generated primarily by China and Russia, which means the price goes up. Supply and demand is immutable. It's a law. If you have more demand and if the, our demand stays the same and the supply availability drops, prices will go up. We call that inflation. It's currently going up at about 6% a year. And here's the problematic issue. We have a lot more people working than the Fed would like at this point, because well, in order to stop inflation, in order to pull inflation down to an even acceptable level, we have to reduce demand. Demand in the United States primarily comes from consumers. Consumers get their money from working. And I know this sounds terrible, but the reality is wage rises need to be limited to about three and a half percent. They're going up at about five percent right now. The Federal Reserve's job is to reduce the demand for workers right now so that wage rises are only about 3.5% instead of 5%. And it's, it's supply and demand again. Employers in the United States want to hire more people. There's a limited number of people to hire. Price for hiring goes up. That's called wages and benefits. If the price for hiring people keeps going up, inflation will continue to rise, which means we're going to have to see fewer job openings. We're going to have to slow the economy down if we don't want inflation. It is a terrible conundrum. It is awkward and unpleasant, but that's one of the reasons the Federal Reserve is independent of Congress, because Congress obviously, under no circumstances, would want to cause more unemployment in the United States. The fact is, with a limited supply in the globe, we are either going to have inflation or we're going to limit the number of people working. And that is hard, hard, hard to get our minds around. But it is the reality of the Federal Reserve's job, and they're going to raise interest rates. And there's a broad consensus, 45 to 5% is where we will see short-term interest rates. What does that mean to you? Well, among other things, it means that since in, in uh, mortgage rates can went above 7%, the average 30-year mortgage in the United States right now on a conforming mortgage um, is now above 7%. Housing uh, prices are starting nationally, starting to drop. They're down 1.1% from a month ago. And that's a lot in a short period of time. Why do I say that's a lot? Project that out over 12 months as interest rates continue to rise. And you realize that amounts to about a 13 to 15% drop in the, cost, in, the, in the price of houses across the country on average 
over the next 12 months. And that's going to make some people very unhappy. It's also going to mean people who are working on houses aren't going to be working on houses anymore. Housing starts have dropped precipitously, I think 26% in the last couple of months. What we're seeing is the economy of necessity slowing down. It's going to hit first in the most leveraged area. What's the most leveraged area? Buying houses. It'll hit secondly in the auto area. Again, people typically borrow money to buy automobiles. Those employ a lot of people, which means there will be fewer people employed there. Uh, The mortgage industry is already taking it on the chin, I can tell you, because they have lots and lots of people involved in refinancing loans that don't have jobs refinancing loans anymore because nobody's refinancing loans anymore. I say nobody, very few people. So we have these two strong trends in the economy. One is our economy is going like, to use an old term, gangbusters. It's going hard. It's going strong. It's got a lot of momentum. It's got a lot. It's got a healthy demand. We have a very, very, very low unemployment rate, about the same as we had before the pandemic. Very, very, very low. As a matter of fact, it's by the academic standards that, that economists use, it's too low. We got about a three and a half percent unemployment rate. Full employment is normally about four percent. Why? Because if you have three and a half percent unemployment, they say the the theory is you'll get inflation. Well, guess what? We got the three and a half percent, and we got inflation. So it's there's some bumps ahead coming, but it's a problem that the rest of the world wishes it had because the United Kingdom, Europe, and probably China are sliding into recession while they have high inflation. And one last thing I want to say, you think inflation's high here. It's double digit in the United Kingdom and Europe right now. It's, a, it's around 10%. Uh, ours is actually down around six and sliding downward. Theirs is still going up. Go ahead, Jake. I, I wanted to throw the housing starts are are about eleven point five percent below where they were in, last year as of September. So this came out mm-hmm. October nineteenth. So eleven point five percent below where they were last year, eight point one percent below where it was last month. Uh, those are not good housing start numbers. Um, however, the housing completion numbers year over year are still up. Yes. Uh, which means that about, more houses are hitting the market right now at a time that nobody's buying. Are you looking at permits there too? I'm looking at the census.gov. They're building permits, housing oh. starts, and housing completions. Numbers. So what's going on with building permits there? Um, it's down 3.2% from last year. Okay. Uh, so well, permits, permits a lot of times will get filed before people actually know what it's going to cost them to build. So the completion on permits... Uh, is much, much smaller. Uh, you usually lose that, quite a large number, hundreds of thousands of houses that get permits in a month generally don't. I mean, probably 1.3, 1.4, well, right here, permits, one point, it's uh, September was 1.5 million houses had permits. Uh, and we've got to wrap up for the hour. If you'd like to contact us off the air, Email addresses are Jeff and Jake at tpwc.com. That's Tango Papa Whiskey Charlie or the personal wealth coach. You can go to that address. You can get our newsletter, sign up for it. You can read our podcasts. You can um, call us uh, voicemail on the weekend, real live people during the week, 254-947-1111 or 1-800-914-PLAN. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the first hour. This has been the Personal Wealth Coach, and we appreciate you guys a lot more than we can say.